0: Welcome to Answer the Call with Kelsey Kemp. That's me. I'm a career coach helping Christians discern their unique calling in Can you hear my cat trying to interrupt my intro? Oh, well, yeah. Okay, honestly, it's his food time, and this is just how it's gonna be. I'm actually not going to scrap this intro. Yeah, I'm a career coach helping Christians discern their unique calling, then practically land a job or start a business that's aligned with it. Also, you could be as faithful and impactful as possible with the decades of work ahead. Now, you, if you're a longtime listener over here at Answer the Call, you probably know there has been a little hiatus. But before this, uh, we were excitingly going into a series called The Job Library, highlighting interviews with professionals from a vast variety of industries to give you insight into what their daily work is actually like so you could maybe find out if any of those jobs are for you, or if you previously thought those jobs were for you after getting some more insider info, maybe you realize they're not. Either way, I am not done with that series, but you have probably seen that I have gone on to do some other things, like a little mini series highlighting my prayers for different aspects of career, Experiences that you might be going through. I also don't feel like I'm really done with that, and I've really loved the positive feedback and all the love that I've gotten for sharing those prayers. And that's definitely that is still something on my heart to continue. But I am breaking the silence on this podcast to come back with an episode that I am very excited for, and this is an interview with my friend my former client and even current assistant, Megan mcginnis We love a name alliteration around here. But anyway, she is such a delight and I'm really excited for you to hear her story because I think that this is really especially going to be an episode that speaks to people, not only accountants, as you might be able to tell from however I title this episode, but also people who just feel like they've really invested a lot to be able to get into a certain career path, whether you've had to, you know, even just get your undergrad in it, or especially if you went out for a master's degree, or you worked really hard in different capacities to get into the career path that you've been in that you're in now and maybe you've spent a few years in it or maybe you even did something like megan who she worked so hard to become a cpa or a certified public accountant and that's a big deal so what do you do when you get into a career path for a lot of good reasons but then over time you realize maybe this isn't for me anymore maybe i'm called to do something else and especially for people in professions like that who maybe have more of a tendency to look at sunk costs and think how can I make a switch now? What else can I do? Would I be starting from scratch at the bottom somewhere else? Maybe I don't want to do that and there's just some unique fears and struggles that are just totally understandable that go along with being in a situation like this. So I'm very excited for you to hear from my friend, Megan. She has some really, really pertinent encouragement and advice to share uh, for all different walks of this situation that you might be in. Whether it actually is appropriate for you to be a little more patient and stick it out, Maybe stick in the same career path, but just work for a different company that might be a little bit better of a fit, or maybe take a step like she did and do something totally different and handle, I I just really honestly think that you're gonna be really inspired by how she handled that with a lot of grace and boldness and made a really cool career leap. So without further ado, I'm excited for you to hear this conversation with Megan. All right, my friend Megan, I am so grateful to get to have this conversation with you. I feel that it's going to be quite a special one for both of us, as if we don't talk all the time, but this is one that's really (laughs) exciting because we have kind of similar backgrounds, having started our careers, very specifically, the first two years of each of our careers at large public accounting firms. Of course, you're actually an accountant and I was in the consulting (laughs) branch of things. But that has given us kind of a unique point of view on maybe what it's like to work so hard to get into a career path that we're proud of and we're so grateful to have these really great secure positions, especially after you went through extra rounds of education like a master's program and getting your CPA And then us both facing that question, but wait, I think maybe this isn't my forever thing, and that could be a very scary thought. So anyway, welcome, and thank you so much for coming on to share about how you've grappled with all of this. (laughs) Of course, so excited to be here. boo yeah. Okay, so... The thing is, and I'm sure that from the intro, I'll probably have dropped some sort of hint on this. You're no longer in public accounting (laughs) and you have a very exciting new career path of your own. So I'm excited to have you share a little bit about your story and your context and where you're at now. And then I'm sure speak all the encouragement that you have and some words of wisdom to our peeps who are still in public accounting. But anyway, kick it off with sharing what you do now. Yay. Um, I work for a really small
1: startup, I guess you would say. I'm the operations director, which just sort of means that I do anything that's not sales oriented. So I work with the founder who founded it three years ago. And then there's two sales guys and myself. And I do their QuickBooks because I'm an accountant and also (laughs) a lot of admin stuff on the side, which ends up taking a lot of time. But Super fun, always different, and just like a completely different workplace environment, which I've really
0: been loving. Yes! Oh my goodness! Also, I know we talked about this, so you don't mind me sharing that your kind of, if I could say your um your spirit's role, and like if we could just say like as a person, this is almost who I am career wise. You love being this title of your right-hand person. And another aspect oh, yeah. to your current career is you're actually my right-hand person as well. <laughs> and so you kind of split client duties and help me with a lot of strategic content creation in my business too. So I am really, really flipping honored to have your help as <laughs> well. So now tell me about the transition going from earlier this year being in your accounting job and what got you to this point
1: oh yeah just the just craziest transition I left my job with I worked for Ernst Young which is one of the biggest accounting firms left them at the end of June had a plan to start my own business and that's how I got you as a client and mm-hmm. Andrew my current boss as a client and did that for, like, three weeks, maybe.
0: It was maybe a very month. successful quick start business.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just kind of jumped into it, and then ended up Andrew had enough for me to kind of come on full-time, and so I am full-time with him, and then part-time with you, and um... Graciously. <laughs> My favorite, I love it. So, yeah, the transition was, like, Full-time accountant to entrepreneur to part-time entrepreneur, part-time employee slash startup person. So Yeah, um,
0: which in its own right, of course, working for a startup and having, being such a valued opinion uh, in Andrew's business, you almost are still kind of entrepreneurial, which is pretty yeah, cool. <laughs> pretty cool. It's
1: so, oh, good. <laughs> just a cool atmosphere of, from being the lowest on the totem pole as an accountant in a you know, global firm to having power and feeling really empowered by the founder of my company, like being on a face-to-face basis and having that decision-making power.
0: Okay, cool. So every single accountant listening just had their heart flutter out of their chest. (laughs) and They're like, how can I do that too? So don't worry, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. I'm kind of curious, rewinding. Okay, so let's say you're in college. What drew you to the field of accounting in the first place?
1: It was a slippery slope, let me tell you. I applied for college as a business major because I wanted to own my own bakery as like a little high school student. I was like, I could do that one day. But impractical enough that I wanted to also know how to keep my own books if I were to run my own business. So I applied for business and then my accounting classes made sense to me. And so I didn't want to waste that opportunity of because so many people just don't understand accounting. So chose accounting as my specific major, and then there was a five-year program that included a master's degree and a pretty certain job after graduation. And so as a junior in college, I was like, well, I might as well try it out, go big or go home, and then I can always scale back if I need to later. Got into that graduate degree program and got my job after graduation, and then I was an accountant.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. Very (laughs) linear as I'm sure many accountants or people who have taken that similar path can relate to. I don't know. Would you say that's the case? A lot of people would mimic that same motivation of, well, I mean, it made sense. I was good at accounting. What a sweet gig. I could do this like plus one master's program. Okay. Basically guaranteed job. Awesome. Is that something that you feel a lot of people might relate to? Yeah,
1: I think a lot of my peers also had parents who were accountants and had been in the industry and so had a great picture of what it would look like and just kind of knew that the stability was attractive to them. And then also there's a measure of flexibility when you're older, especially as a female, being able to be like, okay, I could have a family, take time Mm -hmm. off, and then come back to it and just pick up the skill wherever I left off
0: as an older adult. Yeah, actually it's funny that you mentioned that. I was before this just thinking through some of the motivations that I had heard a lot of accounting friends say for say for why they got into the career path. And that parental leave, oof. Man, that is that is a highlight for a lot of people because it's not so much like tech where it's constantly evolving and they, if you like sneeze or take a vacation, you're already behind. It's No, you're like going off of pretty consistent regulations and you can pick it back up. Plus, a lot of the public accounting firms, to their credit, have very sweet like four-month paid leave policies, so kudos. And I get it, I get it. But okay, that's why you got into accounting. Now, when did you start feeling the itch that, okay, this might not be my forever path, maybe I'm called to do something else? Essentially, what drew you out of it? Public accounting
1: is really interesting. Public accounting is kind of where you're an accountant for other accountants. If anyone has watched Park, Parks and Rec, it's what why Wyatt does. It's great. But so it's funny. There's a, almost a self-defeating atmosphere of like everyone's just waiting to get out of it and looking for their next move. But I would say for me that it really started a little over a year in typically in the spring for, I was an auditor. So auditors have busy season in the spring. And after that first busy period, I kind of picked my head up and was like, I don't know if this is going to get better. I I hope that it will, but I kind of just see it getting worse in my future. And so, yeah, that was about nine months in. And then I waited another year and then it was really, really time to go um, mm-hmm. for a multitude of reasons, which we can talk about. if we need
0: Yeah. To. Yeah, I think plenty of people might already be auto-populating in their minds the reasons that they already feel. <laughs> um, man, you No, know, not for long. I think it might be time to go. But for you, how did you know what were some of those reasons that flagged like it was time to figure something else out?
1: Yeah, I think to be more specific, so summertime for public accounts is supposed to be chill. You're supposed to get downtime. And I just still always felt really stressed out, which was, I think, more of an internal thing than like anything my company was putting on me. But that is what it is. And so then that next fall, just kind of didn't know what I wanted to do yet. So stuck with it and went through another busy season. That was spring of 2020 when Mm -hmm. um, the COVID-19 pandemic hit the U.S. And so we started working from home and hours just kind of got longer. I didn't want to face a summer of working at home as I'm, I think a lot of people probably didn't. So all that to say, I was still, even during the quote-unquote easier times, I still was just having a really hard time personally. And so knowing that that wasn't going to ease up cyclically every year or in the long term, I really started to look for
0: options that spring after my second busy season. That makes total sense. I also, (laughs) given the circumstances that you're describing, would not be very motivated to stay personally. But what made you realize, I mean, if you could say you already knew, I'm not 100% sure, but what made you think you wanted to consider other career paths entirely instead of maybe the more logical, if we could say, or traditional option of, okay, why don't I take this exact same career path and skill set and just find a less stressful or whatever other criteria you're looking for kind of environment? Basically stay in accounting, but move to a different firm.
1: Yeah, I really felt like my soft skills, my interpersonal skills weren't being exercised. And kept my eyes open all spring for other accounting jobs in I knew I wanted to work in a smaller company and so looked for jobs in the Denver area I live in Denver that were with smaller companies but with every job posting that I read I just couldn't find anything that stood out to me to differentiate it and so and I wanted my next job to be better than my current job who doesn't Um, so without being able to find a differentiator I think paralysis kind of struck in. I was indecisive and I didn't know what would be better. And so then I found you (laughs) and signed on with you as one of your clients in your career coaching gig, which was incredible. So through that process of self-examination and becoming a little more aware of what I wanted from my career, discovered like the soft skills issue and that I wanted to feel helpful in my workplace. And so at that point, really opened up to career options that I hadn't really thought of as far as like, oh, I could be a personal assistant or do something more administrative. And as an accountant, I had always looked at the administrative workers in my workplace and kind of been a little jealous of like, wow, they get to do so many things. And everyone loves them and they get to talk to people during their day. And so, but I'd always kind of been like, I'm just... I mean, not that I'm overqualified for it, but I was like, I went to school for five years and I took four really hard tests and I want to be able to use my, the credentials that I worked for. Mm -hmm. So, but I think also opened up to like a more gradual transition of like, okay, well, what you choose after accounting doesn't have to be the rest of your life and the rest of your career. So being open to transitioning downward into more Mm -hmm. of an administrative role. And then exploring later down the road after a little you know recovery from the burnout feelings what i wanted to do after that
0: yes and i commend the heck out of you megan for the way that you approached your career transition because of course i could help bring a lot of clarity i could be a partner in discernment but ultimately you took enormous ownership of being decisive and taking action And it's not at all that it's uncommon or shameful or bad to kind of stay on the fence. That's a totally normal experience. But I think to your credit, you personally benefited a lot from embracing the truth that I can get started in some, a general direction that I feel very called to. some people, it's highly specific, but for you, you have this really great hunch, like I want to feel like someone's right-hand person where I get to do a lot of things, but just be a support to people, and I wanna be in a peaceful environment, and I even wanna be kind of this ambassador of helping peace be infused in an environment But you realized that for that general role that you feel called to embody, you didn't have to white knuckle like, oh my gosh, I need this exact job title. So what did you do? You realized that through our discussions, oh, I think virtual assistantship is actually something that is very appealing to me. So you got on some informational interview calls, you learned more about it, you were like, heck yeah. I'm going to start. So then what did you do? You just started, you turned in your notice, you started and you actually had a fully booked out business from the start. And then none of us could predict that only you said three weeks later, one of those, yeah, you could come in and help me part-time. I would love your help. That turned very quickly into a, I actually love your help And need as much of it as I could get, please join me as a full-time employee. And then you still have the ability to be creative with your time and still invest in other part-time support ventures, like for me, that you really care about. And so I love highlighting that story and the elements that you embraced that made you successful in it. Because you just had this openness and willingness to try, and you ended up realizing that the role that you felt called to embody, it might transition between many titles at different times. And then, look, aren't, isn't your title, you said, operational director or director of operations now? Mm-hmm. Look at that, because an initial fear, understandably, it sounds like, is, gosh, I'm a CPA like i worked so hard and no shade but like i don't i'm i don't really just want to be a task rabbit like in admin and look now you actually hold quite a strategic position that is somewhat administratively based it seems like so anyway i really hope that your story encourages and inspires a lot of people and that they hear the personal things that you embodied to make that happen and that they could Maybe step into a few of those, but to kind of rewind a little bit, going back to that place before you knew that this was all going to pan out so great. (laughs) (laughs) What were, if you could expound a little bit more on some of the fears or doubts or questions that initially kept you in that analysis paralysis state? Yeah, I think.
1: I mean, big picture, generality, fear of the unknown of just reading a job description and just not knowing what that meant. Because for my public accounting job right out of college, I had had interviews on my college campus. They came to us. It was just so the program that I was in made it very easy and simple to get a job offer. Mm -hmm. And so going on my own through the interview process felt so daunting and I didn't want to mess up. I didn't want to have another job that within a year I would be exhausted and doubting it and not enjoying the time that I was there. So, but then also, yeah, just like wanting to be really patient and wait on the Lord's timing. And so I did spend a good like six or eight months wanting to leave and looking at job opportunities and just telling the Lord like, okay, just open a door and just let me know because I'm ready basically when you are. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, wanting to be patient, but also wanting to learn as much as I could where I was before I just jumped ship.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad that you highlighted that because even though the story that we're painting of kind of the crazy turnaround from turning in your notice to where you're at now, not even That many months later, that is not the whole story. Of course, you didn't just quote jump ship. This was a very thoughtful decision, and you really did explore a lot of options, and also prayed. And you were willing to be patient, and you wanted to get the most of where you were at, uh, get the most from that whole experience, and appreciate it. And you did. But then also, once you realize, okay. I think I have exhausted my research and my options and this chapter is, it's now time to close it, then look at all that happened so quickly after that. And so thank you also for sharing a little bit more about those fears, doubts, and questions because I'm sure so many people can relate to them if they're currently in that stage where they're in a career like accounting and feeling burnt out by it and unsure, oh my gosh, do I, what do I do? next gosh this is scary hey there if you're listening to this episode right now it's probably because you're somewhere on the range of mildly curious to high key desperate to get out of analysis paralysis and into a job that will be an exciting and rewarding fit for your unique talents values and interests which By the way, I'm here to help you do just that in record time. If we haven't met yet, I'm Kelsey Kim, a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their unique calling and practically land a job that pays them to fulfill it so you could have an impactful and meaningful career. Trust me, I get it. Picking a singular path out of the sea of options, then making a potential industry pivot to get into that line of work can all be insanely daunting. That's why I created the Deep Dive Career Coaching Program, so you could have me by your side, confidently walking you through each step of a career transition from start to finish. From discerning God's will for your life and what path you're truly called to take, to finding the exact job title that actually aligns with that, then getting hired for that position with confidence and speed, I'm here to be your personal career coach from start to finish. My signature two-month private career coaching program includes seven weekly coaching sessions with me, access to the library of guides and workbooks I've created to clearly guide your transition, as well as unlimited support from me in between sessions to help you nail down every single step of the practicals like your networking strategy and messaging and your resume and interviews and negotiations. I'll help you save a load of time, stress, and dead-end job applications so you could land the job you're called to faster than you thought possible. Seriously, it could be on the other side of just two months. If all that sounds like a dream to you, then I want to formally invite you to apply for my deep dive private career coaching program. To take the first step, go to my website, kelseykemp.com slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30 minute consultation with me this week to objectively evaluate if this opportunity is the perfect fit for you. I only work with people who are ready to go deep do the work and actually make a change once the path is made clear to them. So if that sounds like you and you're ready to accelerate your path to building an impactful career aligned with who God made you to be and what he put on your heart to do, then go to kelseykemp.com coaching to learn more and book a free 30 minute consultation with me this week to get started. I'll talk to you soon. Now back to the episode. So I would love to transition a little bit and allow you to speak more directly to anyone who's listening that might relate to elements of your story. Um, So I (laughs) would love to just open it up to you because I know that you have a couple points that you've beautifully organized with your (laughs) um, accounting-oriented brain. (laughs) So this is the part of the podcast where I step onto my soapbox. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm with you. Here we go. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I just I think like had a few thoughts of things that helped me to last longer than I thought I would in my job. Like I said from probably October of 2019 until June of 2020, I was just like leaving exhausted every day and wanting to put in my two weeks and so during that I guess eight month period I just um, did a few different things and like tried to remember a few different truths that helped me to last a little longer as far as I think the self-image that I tried to take hold of I think that just the accounting industry is a lot of times broadcast as super nerdy and they don't like talking to people and they don't like interpersonal interactions. So I just kept telling myself, you can get along with spreadsheets and get along with people just because you love good Excel doesn't mean you don't love good like chat and walk hangout either. And just internalizing that truth and not letting culture or your surroundings tell you otherwise. And then also just that I think some perspective that I've gained since I left is that the Lord can redeem any situation and emotion that you're feeling. And so even though it feels super hard and like you can't take another day. And I think I specifically felt like I was just kind of being changed as a person. I felt like I was becoming just more tired and more drained. And it was a downhill slope with no end in sight to be super negative about it. But Honestly, as soon as I left and as soon as I sent my farewell email and closed my laptop on my last day, I felt like a weight had lifted. And so mm-hmm. um, just want to encourage people who are feeling weighted down in their current spot that the Lord can change that in an instant and totally redeem
0: things. So
1: yeah, um, light
0: at the end of the tunnel, paint it. Yes. Paint the picture. Yes.
1: You can't see it now, but that doesn't mean
0: it's not there. Just yeah. a long tunnel. <laughs> I love it. I am, I, and I know that you have a few more points that are going to be so awesome on maybe along this theme of what helped you persevere and stay when you knew it was appropriate to do that. I'm curious if you have more overarching wisdom to, or advice to share on how do you know if it's time to be patient? and stick it out for a little while longer versus it being time to leave?
1: Yeah, for me, a lot of it was based on the team that I was on, on like my largest client that took up most of my time. I just knew what our deadlines were and I knew when the bad times of year were to leave and fall and spring are really bad times because of our busy season. And so because I started to feel really ready to go in October I knew and I was honest with my team that I like probably wouldn't stick around well I was honest with one person I think it's wise to not <laughs> yeah. just broadcast it everywhere yeah but probably when I was, the girl I was closest to I was like yeah I honestly started looking for the jobs um but then you just know you're like okay so our deadline is this and that's my deadline and I'm gonna last that long and just knowing when it's a good time in the business cycle I
0: think Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say I think that is a common experience, as you are speaking to with accounting, just because of the business cycle of things. I know it was a lot more complicated for me because consulting doesn't really have a busy season per se. You and the projects are of all different lengths, And the one I was on, it wasn't like this cute, oh, okay, like it's four more months. (laughs) I could stick it out. I was scheduled on that project to travel to Chicago every single week for like two more years. And I thought, oh my gosh, well, there's not really this very clean, neat milestone that seems reasonable to go for. I know that two years, that's probably going to be too long. Uh, for me so it was a bit more difficult but this is also why I have a whole other podcast I think that was episode 35 titled how to know if it's time to leave your job so I guess I'll just leave that topic for there but I I would also, if I can cut in with one other thing also
1: being flexible and I put in my two weeks notice and then my team had something come up and they needed me to stay for three weeks and so uh well they asked me to stay I could have said no but I was Mm. just like yeah, I am willing to do that in order to leave a good impression. And one week of my life is nothing compared to, you know, the future. So. Exactly. I did the exact same thing.
0: Actually, I turned in two weeks and they asked me to stay a third because I very much communicated. I wanted to transition the team very gracefully, I guess. And so, yeah, the same deal here. I would definitely recommend being a bit flexible if you can Okay. You spoke on self-image, which is such a huge component of careers like these. You know, you work so hard to get into them. It's these really incredible firms that understandably you have some pride in being there, but I love how you're speaking to, hey, you're not just this accountant stereotype, I guess, that people would plaster it as you can go on to fulfill a lot of other aspects of roles with the other aspects of your identity. Like you could be a people person and all these other things. But I also know that you have a few other notes on things like purpose and some practices that help someone stick it out if they feel they must for a bit longer.
1: Yeah. So I think in any career, whether it's hard or easy for you as a person purpose is really essential in that and so if anyone's read the book every good endeavor by tim keller so good it's a classic oh yeah you gotta have it and at one point he talks about how like business people and accountants in particular i think are really necessary in this world because we get to mimic God by bringing order from chaos and if you think about creation like the world was chaos and the world was nothing until God put structure and order into it and so a hard truth I think to internalize and believe but something that's really worth just dwelling on that um, we get to be imitators of God as we're doing our jobs yeah I think that was like my main encouragement as far as purpose but then things that I did just in my day-to-day routine when work was hard. I remember I would just ask people, like ask my closer friends or people at church for you know, keeping up with what was going on in their lives and specifically asking for prayer requests so that I could have something to take my mind off of myself and um, my own woes. I just found it super helpful to like pause and pray for others in the middle of the day. And then one of my favorite things that I started doing, I think in January this year, or maybe last fall, that I would, as soon as I sat down at my computer in the morning at work, I would pull up a psalm on my, like, whatever internet browser, and I just went in order. But spending the first five minutes that I was at work reading scripture made such a difference for me in the peace that I felt and just like. Being willing to not leave my quiet time at home but to take a few minutes instead of opening my email first, opening you know, digital scripture first made a huge difference for me.
0: That is so cool. I love what you're bringing up of the healing element of literally how God designed us to work. We're not meant to be 100% self focused, and oftentimes, I mean, I felt a lot of elements of this in the stress of my consulting stint of my career, I, after months and months of it really eating on me, like, wow, I think this is far too, (laughs) like, far too um, distant from what I really feel called to do in this world, whatever that is, someone, God, help me. Thank you, God, for actually revealing that. Look what I do now. LOL. Uh, But (laughs) I... When it started to become extremely stressful and I was in the year-long transition season of knowing I wanted to leave but not knowing for what, to do what, how, when, I, the stress, maybe you could relate, it naturally turns you inward and you have to care for yourself. And then all of a sudden caring for yourself so that you could just do your job becomes your full-time job, it seems like. And I noticed that I had a little to no capacity over time to really pour into my friends. I found myself defaulting to thoughts like, I need my, our weekend plans, like me and my roommates, to be something that I really enjoy. And what if it was something that they really needed that weekend? Or I, I found myself needing to be served by my community at church instead of having the ability and well within me to serve others and be outward focused. And so I realized how much of a necessity it was not just to make a career change so I could be happy, but also so that I could be more physically, emotionally, and mentally present to actually serve others instead of only serving the work itself so that I could get some kind of self-esteem and paycheck. (laughs) Anyway, I I hope that's okay that I joined you on the soapbox for a little bit. Um, (laughs) But what you're saying of these small practices that have a big impact on helping you not be so self-focused, it could also be very healing before you enter the time where you get to make a career transition. It could also help you have more purpose in the moment. So is there any other pieces of encouragement that you would have for your accounting pals? I think just to
1: like be aware of what's going on, not only in your workplace and in the industry, but inside of you and like keep an eye on how bad things are getting and if you need to get out now or if you can wait a little bit until you're like more certain of what you want to do, I think it was really easy when I was in public accounting to feel like I had to just build my resume and use it as a resume builder. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to stay for my first promotion, but it became clear that I like should not stay for that promotion because it was mm-hmm. just taking too much of a toll on me as a person. And so just like you said, when it becomes draining, not only on you, but is affecting relationships with others, I think for me as a person, mm-hmm. My relationships with others were a lot more important to me than what was on my resume. So being aware or being willing to seek outside counsel and not just talking to people who are doing the same job that you're doing for your advice and for perspective on things.
0: Amen. I love that you're bringing this up, this theme of a a very natural and good goal of hitting that first milestone of your first promotion. That is you know is pretty across the board what people hold on to. They might not have many other goals starting out their career, but they it's easy to hold on to the, at least that one. I don't know if I'm gonna love this, hate it, feel about it. I don't know how I'm gonna do. I just hope that I'll, I'll at least just stick it out for a few years until my first promotion. but I think that we extend that to mean that we need that first promotion in order to get a good or better position. And I would like to (laughs) break that down a little bit that that's not necessarily true. And if you're feeling that right now, well, I'm just nine months out, however many months out before I think, you might not even get it, but I think I'll get that promotion. And I would say first, the way that you communicate yourself as a professional in other job applications is not most impressively marked by your title. And many people would initially buck me on that and say, oh, what do you mean? No, I need to have senior staff or whatever the title is for the company on my, at the top of my resume. I would actually say that's not true. And the way, or that's not the most powerful thing that you need to get you another job. How I recommend, and also past podcast guests, also named Megan, great name, great people named that. Um, we talked about, I think that was episode 26, how it's not, uh, it, you could actually use quitting early to your advantage. It's not always a bad thing, another very controversial topic, but always be marking your accomplishments in terms of even small projects that you're working towards. So your resume becomes more like a movie. You're constantly marking these things that you've achieved, not just responsibilities that you've held. Because you can accomplish great things in six months in your role. And you could sell that to your next employer That's so much more impressive than, oh, well, I have this new title and I guess that's what's going to impress them. That's not even what translates into confidence in your interview. Anyway, okay, again, I'll take a, a little step off the soapbox, but I hope that's helpful to people that that's quite arbitrary and maybe not the ultimately, ultimately the most helpful thing to just be holding on until you get this first promotion, because you might not even want What building that expertise will lead you to, which is pigeonholing you in a career that you don't actually like. Okay, (laughs) no, I promise, I'm done now. I promise, I promise. (laughs) Uh, But I'm uh, just a couple more questions. I'm curious with all your friends that are also in in accounting, how common do you think it is for people to want to make a quite a large career leap or a career leap of any kind into something totally different instead of wanting to stay in accounting?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, I don't know if I've seen a majority one way or the other. I had plenty of friends who left public accounting to go just be accountants at smaller companies and yeah, have a little different schedule or whatever they, whatever like the pull factor was to their company in particular, but then I also have heard stories and I've known a couple of people who have gone and done completely different things. And I think, I think the theme for public accounting in particular is that people just need a cool down period, and then mm. they kind of figure out what they want to do longer term. Like people will go travel for a year. I had a friend who went and lived on the beach in California for six months, <laughs> and, and now he's the controller of a development company in Denver. That's like the coolest company ever. That's so,
0: awesome.
1: yeah, I think it's really a matter of you just kind of, I think when your job is really hard, you figure out what you want work to be, and then you pursue that, whether it's still within accounting and just a different type of company and like, or whether it's not in accounting at all. So I don't want people to feel like they're out of the ordinary if they do want to stay in accounting or don't want to stay in accounting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, either way it's fine <laughs> there's if you have to, I brought up that question because I know that if we all really dig deep and we're honest of course we'll say oh, no I don't need other people's validation or groupthink to say oh it's okay to make a career change I don't necessarily I, I don't think someone would consciously say actually that's not true I do hear this all the time like I can't start a business because I didn't major in business and I'm like <laughs> I feel like God made me a business major so I could tell people I don't use anything I learned a day in my life in the business that I own and run. Does that make you feel better? Okay, great. Thank you. You can do it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I don't think that we would consciously say I need examples to move forward with whatever is going to be right for me. But I think subconsciously, we do really hold on to that. And it is comforting to know that either way, It is normal to want to make a total pivot. It is normal to want to do the same thing, but in a different environment. You could find an example in any which way that you want to find one. Um, So totally normal. Go for whatever you feel that you need to. But for, this includes yourself, but of course the other people that you know that want to, that maybe are wrestling with dreams to do something very different. What are some of the main fears and roadblocks that you hear people struggling with that's holding them back from doing anything about it? I think for a lot
1: of I'll let myself in. a lot of us, it's a sunk cost of like I've spent how many years and how much emotional energy and like this is what I know, and so not wanting to have to start over again or not wanting to not use what you've invested in is so natural. I think that's a big one. Fear of the unknown for sure. And then just like wanting more information. And so getting stuck doing research and looking up all these different postings and being like, well, I could apply for any of them, but Mm -hmm. which one? And so, yeah, I think a lot of just, indecisiveness as well, not knowing exactly what you want to do and letting that stop you from like just making any choice to start narrowing things down. I think people don't want to go through trial
0: and error. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. All right. I definitely want to hear a few more bits of your wisdom and advice on the last thing that you just mentioned and the first thing of this sunk cost of oh, emotional pit that almost everyone, it seems like, naturally deals with having had to accomplish so much and go through a lot of schooling in order to get into this career path. We all hear the sunk cost, I guess, fear or however you would label that a lot, understandably. But also, what would you recommend to a? Fr- okay, did you hear Constantine, my cat? It's <laughs> hey, Constantine.
1: Podcasting.
0: Yeah, you see him all the time on our Zoom calls. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, what would you tell a friend to do in order to kind of start climbing out of the I'm just researching forever and no amount of Googling or looking at LinkedIn job postings is getting me feeling like I'm getting any closer to making a decision? I think you
1: have to take the word failure out of the picture or the word error, I guess, if you're looking at trial and error. And just say, like, I'm just going to try this and see how it works out. And it'll either work out or I'll learn something, which I think is a little bit cliche these days. I feel like that's a TED Talk, probably multiple TED Talks. But just being like, you know what, almost anything is going to be better than where I am now. So instead of continuing to sink effort and time into this situation that I don't like at all, I'm going to try. And I'm going to start seeing what's better and why other situations are
0: better. Mm. (laughs) Amen. I love the, listen, anything is going to be better than this, most likely. I'll most likely be able to make at least a marginally better and more satisfying uh, decision. And so why don't I just make it? I think that's especially important if you're experiencing a lot of stress and the truth is you're going to feel like you're seeing red and your brain will naturally have a much harder time researching and narrowing in on options because when you experience stress your brain actually does shut down and this is the analysis paralysis phenomenon that many people feel and label as such but anyway that's really helpful to know that ultimately it is going to be very helpful if you could just embrace and it does require some surrender that I think it's just going to be helpful if I make any decision at this point. Mm -hmm. That is going to be better than no decision.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's better to cross something off your list than to continue staring at a long list of
0: options. I think. Exactly. I've, been battling if I should do like a grossly shameless plug or not but it's also very helpful to hire a career coach to help make you uh, help you work through a more thoughtful career decision and you could borrow my amygdala as I say if you're seeing red (laughs) and you're super stressed out we could have a safe space where you could actually have a chance at calmly making a very long-term satisfying decision plug over anyway I also, just going back to what I said, I would love to hear you address a little bit more about what is your encouragement to someone who's really struggling with the sunk cost feeling?
1: Yeah, I think just because you've invested time into it now doesn't mean it won't come back around in the future. And so it's not necessarily a sunk cost if you leave it behind right now. It's accounting. You can always pick it back up again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, also, why would you consider sinking costs into it if you are having such a tough time I think for myself I was just having such a bad time um, that I was like I don't I have invested into this but I don't want to invest anymore because it just wasn't worth it anymore for my future my goals Mm -hmm. didn't align with what I wanted my life to look like in the present or in the future so yeah take your cool off period go do something else and then figure out if you want to come back to it or not.
0: That's awesome. I love how you're like, hey, listen, do you want to sink any more costs into yeah. it? I know you're like, oh, but I've already sunk so many costs into it, which we hear you. I know. I know. Ouch. At first. But it's, all, it's also not lost. And also it might not be worth it to continue sinking more costs into it, as you said. And a really powerful Uh, quote that I heard from, I think, I can't even remember what podcast this was on, but some lawyer was turned entrepreneur, was telling his story of how, hey, listen, I invested three extra years of schooling and $100,000 in debt and a year as uh, an associate at some law firm. So that's four years and a lot of money and a lot of stress, a lot of time, to make this career happen. But why on earth would I let four unhappy years dictate another 40 unhappy years? Why? And so I found, I actually listened to that podcast. I really wish I could remember what it was. I think I listened to that as I was in my corporate job, staying, hanging out on that fence. (laughs) Like, I don't know if I should stay or I should leave, but what a powerful quote. I wish I, I could attribute it properly of why would I let what however many, like a handful of years dictate, basically multiplying that by 10? <laughs> why would I yeah. let that control any more of my years? And that's also not just a, a word for young people. I have worked with actually a lawyer before in his 60s who said, I have spent the last 26 years developing this career as a patent attorney. Why would I let that i guess claim the remaining 5 to 10 years that I have left? Why would I let that? Yeah. And so very very powerful reminders from people who probably have the most right to wield that sunk cost ideology, I guess. All right, Megan. I I guess to close out this conversation I would love to hear you just share what you're grateful for in why you're grateful you started out your career in accounting and how none of that was wasted. But you're also glad that you moved on when you did. Mm. Wow, where do I start? Um, I think
1: being really grateful to have had a job that didn't fit me starting off so that I could become more aware of who I am and how the Lord shaped me, uh, which informed, you know, my next decisions and will inform a lot of my decisions throughout my career. Yeah. Just having such a clearer picture of what I want. And then also I'm honestly super grateful for just the amount of time that I spent thinking about work and what work should be in my life and how much weight I needed to give it. And I think that'll change as you go through different, positions and seasons, but just getting a better grasp on the theology of work and what that looks like was huge. So yeah, being able to relate to people who are struggling in their jobs and having that experience under my belt of like, I know what it looks like to work so many hours and so many days in a row and to appreciate anything else that is less than that or fits me better than that. Yeah, all things that I'm super grateful for and would encourage people to Think about and spend time just pondering like what they're gonna look back on. And even though this job is really hard, what they can look back on in the future and be like, okay, wow, I actually learned X, Y, and Z
0: from this experience. Amen. Oh my gosh. Megan, thank you so much for your example. My cat is now going crazy. You can (laughs) see him on the Zoom. He's like trying to be (laughs) Spider-Man and crawl up walls, but it's not working. Constantine without fail if I go back and listen to a bunch of podcast episodes he always tries to crash the party right as I'm trying to land the plane which I don't super appreciate but Anyway, I am so oh, we love to- him. We love him. We love him. He's also <laughs> a part of the Redhead Club. I know that I'm being yes. very, very generous and trying to include myself in the Redhead Club with you. Um, oh, it's same. just one of my lifelong dreams that my hair would just all of a sudden turn like bright red, but it's not. I'm in that like strawberry blonde category. And look at me not landing the plane. I am going to do this. Thank you so much for sharing your example of your career. I'm sure it's been encouraging even for me as a friend and even as a career coach to witness how you've handled this. I am full of admiration for it. And I'm really grateful for how you were like, heck yeah, let's jump on a podcast. And I would love to speak directly to my accounting people because I think your words really do hold a lot of weight for all that you've felt alongside them and then for what you've done about it so thank you for sharing all that you did of course it was such a pleasure such an honor to be
1: on your podcast
0: oh my gosh well I I know I could just stop there and someone's probably like yeah please do but I also have been getting a lot of positive feedback about whenever I pray on the podcast, it means a lot to people. So I also would just kind of love to close in a prayer for people that could really relate to your story and maybe are wishing that they were on the other side of it as you've gotten to. So I'll go ahead and do that. Lord, thank you so much for the person listening. I don't know if they're in accounting or not, but maybe they can relate to having spent a long time on a good ambition, a good pursuit that maybe took a lot of education or a lot of effort and a lot of thought, and maybe they've spent some years in that field and they're thinking, okay, should I do something else or should I just make myself get used to how I'm feeling right now? Would you please give them clarity in their spirit and true, clear discernment of if it's time, and of course, it's, it's according to each person's life and their plan that you've plotted out for them. So it's going to be different for everyone. So that's why I'm asking you to speak directly to this person. Would you show them if it's time to be patient and stay? If it's time to leave? If it's time to maybe learn how to approach their, their job differently or if it's time to just take a new approach to their, to their career and get into something totally new would you please help them to have rest in you and these moments of clarity where they could know that they're just that they're not just giving in to a silly dream but they're actually honoring a god-given desire to do serve and operate in something new. Would you please give them a vision of what to do? And regardless, I just ask that you bless their careers, that their careers that they feel were well spent helping others in a way that they actually believe in and have conviction behind, living out the values that you uniquely wrote on their heart to hold important would you help them to be ambassadors of what you meant work to be, which is it was meant to be a gift. It was meant to be something that serves as a a source of purpose, a way to really help others to cultivate the potential you instilled in creation, to create order from chaos, to care for it, tend, create. Would you help them understand how you meant them to serve your kingdom uniquely and for all the bravery and fears they might have to overcome to make a decision and get on the other side of that decision and get into a new career path would you please show them that you are so present that you care you care about their fears and you're you're sympathetic to them but you're also saying like you did to Moses hey I gave you the mouth to speak from and I will put the words in it. I will establish your steps. And so would you please help them to really boldly embrace whatever change you're calling them to right now? Would you also help them to just accept that fear might just be a part of the feelings that come up, but they do not have to be subject to it? They don't have to be held back by it because you did not give a spirit of fear, but of power, peace, and (laughs) self-control. I hope I didn't butcher that verse. Somebody go look it up. But essentially, that is, I think, what it says. (laughs) But yeah, Lord, would you just please use this podcast and anything that we've shared um, to be an encouragement to them? But most of all, I ask that your Holy Spirit is the primary encouragement to them. Um, That is the testament of truth that is their conscience, that is their guide. Yeah. I I ask all of these things in your mighty name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Isn't Megan great? I loved this conversation with her and I hope that you appreciated her advice and her wisdom and her encouragement as much as I did. And I also hope that you enjoyed the prayer at the end. I always really, really love uh, sharing my prayers for you guys on the podcast, just to let you know, hey, I really care and God cares about your career and whatever you're feeling. Around your career right now. So, I hope that that was encouraging to you too. And I also wanted to thank you so much for your support for this show and all that you who have just sent me encouraging messages along the way, or even friends who have texted me, like, hey, I actually shared that to these three friends and they really loved it. That really, really, really does mean the world to me. Um, And thank you so much to those of you who have shown your support for this show by leaving a rating and review. I know that you hear this constantly if you listen to literally any podcast ever, but I can't believe I've been doing this show for over a year now. And honestly, it's kind of crazy. Like I think I have maybe 40 or 50 ratings and. Actually, we're over 9,000 downloads right now, which is so wild. So I would just really appreciate any of you guys who decided to show your support by actually translating that into a rating, which just requires like one tap, leaving a like five-star rating or whatever you would like to assign to it, or just any number of words, even like a really quick, short review. Um, a written review. It really does mean a lot. I check them all the time and I'm so excited each time that I see a new one. So thank you so much for that. And I really hope that this episode was encouraging and valuable to you. And if it was, and you know of any accountants that you're like, oh my gosh, my people need to hear this. I would be so honored if you shared this with them. So anyway, I really hope that y'all have a great week. And if you have any lingering questions or things that you're struggling with, like maybe you related to a lot of the stuff that Megan and I shared, but you have some lingering questions, feel free anytime to reach out to me either on Instagram at Kelsey underscore the called career are all the links that I'll mention are also in the show notes for this episode. And you could also connect with me on LinkedIn at Kelsey Kemp over there. Um, And if you would find career coaching a support to you and your career like Megan did, then you could always find out more about that and apply for a free consultation with me this week over on my website. You guessed it. Also, KelseyKemp.com. One day, I swear I'll get more original with this, but I just kind of opted for my name and it's been working. It's fine. (laughs) But all right, I will leave it there. I really hope that you all have an awesome week and that this episode encouraged you. Bye.